Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No Google. No Amazon.com. No email. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 24 of the Walking Dead TV podcast. This is Brad and I'm joined by Johnny M., Jordan from Jersey, and hopefully we'll have Jim Dietz on here in just a second. How are you guys doing? Great. Doing Pretty well. well. Hey, Jim made it. Awesome, awesome. I'm excited, guys. I know this was my least favorite episode of the season, but I'm excited to watch it again, seeing as how I only did watch it the one time. This is uh, Guts. Isn't that right, Jordan? That is correct, sir. All right, awesome. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy these uh commentary tracks i know we enjoy doing them i think last time maybe we were a bit quiet um but we don't want to you know talk too much um but the i've heard good feedback about our last uh commentary uh haven't you john yeah for the most part people are enjoying them uh some people have seen the episode so many times that they don't have to watch and they say that they can see it in their head as we talk but you will definitely get more out of watching the episode along with us uh, there will be some dead air if you are not watching as uh, if you're not watching along with us. Uh, and we have a sponsor, I believe, for this commentary track. Don't we, Brad? Put that right yes. in your lap. Yes, as always, it's DCBService.com. If you're thinking about getting back into comic books or you want to pick up some Walking Dead trades or some single issues, you should check out DCBService.com. You can save 35 to 40% on most of your books that you can order every month from the previews catalog. Also check out their sister website, InStockTrades.com. If you order $50 or more, you get free shipping. Yeah, and one real quick thing about uh, currently on DCBS and in your previews, our good buddy Sean Pryor, who is heading up Action Lab Comics, uh, their first book is in the latest previews. Fracture is the name of the comic. Uh, You can go ahead and pre-order Fraction number one from Action Lab. They are good guys. They love comics. They love their readers. They appreciate your business. Uh, if you're looking to check out something new, check out Fracture Number 1. I read Fracture. I got it when I was at the Super Show a couple weekends ago in uh, Reading, and uh, it was it's really good, actually, and I'm excited to read issues 2 and 3. Sweet. And good people. Very good. Good people. Fam- part of the family. All right, so... We're going to get right into it. We will get back to our regular routine and and read emails and voicemails and iTunes reviews and all that stuff that we don't get as often as we used to. We will handle that in the second show in May. This will be our commentary track for Guts. We're going to get right into it. And what you want to do is go to your DVD or digital file. Just out of curiosity, who's watching what with us right now? I, well, I'm, watch, I'm watching a Blu-ray. Who's watching a, a disc oh, or a digital gotcha. file? I am on the iTunes digital. I'm watching the iTunes file. How about you, Jim? Digital file. All right. So I'm the only one with the disc. So let's uh, let's hope it all matches up. Should. And we double-checked my DVD earlier, and it starts out right with uh, right at second number one. So you don't have to worry about lining anything up. Just start it right there. Yep. So the second that you see the blue sky of the beginning of the Guts episode, you're going to want to hit pause. And uh, the best way I can describe being in the right spot is you should just about see the umbrella of the RV. It's a red and white umbrella. You're just going to see the tip of it, a little red, a little white. You're going to pause right there. If you see all the umbrella or most of the umbrella, you want to back up a second or two. We are right at the tip of the umbrella And uh, on the count of three, we are going to hit play, and you'll see it'll pan down. You'll see the rest of the umbrella and the RV, and we'll be ready to roll. Does that make sense to everyone? Let's do it. Let's do it. So it's going to be one, two, three, and press. Not one, two, press. 
That's not how we're doing it. One, two, three, and press. Here we go. One, two, three, play. And there's Dale. And was this our first shot of Dale? I think it was, right? We didn't get any of this camp in uh, in the premiere. Uh, no, when he calls in, he uses the radio, and we see uh, everybody really quickly. Oh, yeah, that's right. What there's a good old now. Jim. Yeah, this half was, of Amy. This was kind of cool when the first time it aired because you try to pick everybody out as they go yeah. along, you know? And it looks to be like a camera tripod they're using as a makeshift uh, pot holder above the uh, above the fire there. Also, did we ever see anybody driving that motorcycle? Mm, no. I don't remember. Mr. Jeffrey DeMunn, who is awesome. I used to have a hat like that. Yeah, here we here we see Dale's real paternal instincts. You know, he's trying to watch out for the group and trying to keep an eye on everybody. If I remember correctly, this episode made me very uncomfortable right off the top. Because you don't like the outdoors, right? No, because uh, it was pretty pretty sexually explicit right off the top, and I don't remember ever seeing that except in like an R-rated movie. You know, I wasn't used to it seeing it on TV. I haven't had cable or satellite as long as most people. Ah, and indoor plumbing. No, I've had indoor plumbing. Just recently got hot water, though. It is some pretty good tension here, though, when you don't know what's going on. The, the camera work so far, I, I've already noticed, and I don't think I noticed it the first time around. They followed Amy from behind, like, real low to the ground, like almost like a shaky cam, Blair Witch kind of thing. And now they have the real tight close-ups on... Uh, on Lori here, and, and here we go. They're spinning around like a little bit of a frantic feel to it. It's nice work. Definitely made me think there was a zombie or something coming. Rather, than... This episode was uh, directed by Michelle McLaren, or McLaren and uh, she's directed several episodes of Breaking Bad. She directed an episode of X-Files way back in the day and a whole bunch of other stuff. So she's, she's had quite a bit of television directing experience. In fact, looking at her episodes of Breaking Bad, she directed the episode One Minute, which is my favorite episode of television, period. And she she did a good job of dealing with the tension there, too. This brings back uh, all the memories of the Lori hate that we were dishing out and the hate that was getting thrown back at us. <laughs> you know, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think I would be able to do this knowing that at any moment a zombie could hobble out and oh you could i don't know man i kind of value my life this is the way to go though notice her fingernails, fingernails yeah Got some nice attention to detail yeah she had to reach up really high to unbuckle his pants <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Anybody know what his tattoo says? Can you read that? Wasn't it like number twenty three or something? That's his chain. The uh, oh, that's that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. It had it was like a word in cursive or something. Love this opening credit sequence and the music and everything. Did Sarah Wayne Callies do much before Prison Break, or was, I, or was that her big break? I'll look it up. I don't remember anything off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't either. My inside sources at IMDb are saying she did, let's see, Prison Break and Walking Dead, of course. Uh, she was in an episode of House. Uh, before Prison Break, she was in something called Bittersweet. A TV show called Queen Supreme. Uh, she was in the TV. She was Jane in the TV series Tarzan back in 2003. 
Wow. She was on L.A. Dragnet and on Law & Order SVU back in 2003 as well. That seems to be when she started her acting career. This part was interesting for me because this is part of the footage that I saw at New York Comic Con. And they talked about it as we're going to show you, you know, eight minutes from the pilot. And it actually bridged the pilot to, uh, to guts. So I wonder if that was just a mistake on their part or if they ended up re-editing some things. You know, well, wasn't it after Comic-Con that they announced that the pilot would be 90 minutes? So they probably re-edited. Yeah, it's very possible. I wonder in the 60-minute or the 43-minute, 44-minute cut of the episode where the, um, where the actual end was. Maybe riding – maybe that last shot of him riding into Atlanta on the horse from the, uh, from the DVD cover. Right. I guess – did we know that this was Glenn? Oh, yeah. We, we knew. We well, knew. But no uh, – well, obviously, if you don't know who Glenn is from the comics, it wouldn't make a difference to you. No. A viewer – there's no way a viewer would have known. And I have a feeling that when the, epi- when the pilot aired, we went, that has to be Glenn. But I don't know that we 100% knew for sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's no one else it would make sense to be. He had just asked, what's your name? And I don't think Glenn answered him. That is a gnarly hit to the face right there. Yeah, and I think when we had seen Guts originally, uh, all of us, mostly Brad, had some problems with uh, the makeup and special effects in Guts. And you could tell from that scene of him coming out of the tank that that was originally in the pilot. You know what I mean? It was like a very high level of makeup and detail and everything. And then as we go on in this episode, there's a lot of more people that just kind of have their face painted gray, you know, with uh, bloodshot eyes and stuff like that. I don't remember my original comments so much about the show, um, except for thinking that Glenn's acting wasn't up to par. But I don't remember complaining or, or not enjoying the special effects at all. I think the um, the zombie eating the rat you particularly didn't like. Yeah, that that did look fake. Looked like a stuffed animal, to my recollection. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of. uh... Internet chatter. Zombies can't climb. Yeah, it seemed like, especially with these first couple episodes, every other post I saw about The Walking Dead was, oh, this doesn't follow continuity and that doesn't follow continuity. Of course, we've addressed it all on the show already, but there's a lot of wide-branching zombie continuity out there. So it's got to kind of either have to live with it or shut up. I'm noticing that the uh, the exhaust of the building behind them was still going, like the the roof vent. So somebody was doing something in there. It's awesome how Glenn really knows the ins and outs already and stuff. And it just kind of shows like how long he, you know, Rick had been out that people already have this great game plan. Oh, I can't talk during this part. This was unbelievable. (laughs) That was pretty badass. There's our close personal friend, Irony Singleton. 
So for people who haven't read the comics, Andrea is part of the comics. Rick is part of the uh, the comics, as is Glenn. Everybody else here is a new character invented just for the show. Now, this was another point of contention, I believe, right? They hung out. Was it that they hung out too long where the zombies were or they were in plain, plain sight as the zombies bang on the windows and start to break them down and stuff? Yeah, I definitely yeah. Had, a, had a problem with them sitting there talking about, you know, how the rules have changed. I don't know about you, but the longer I dangle a stake in front of the dog in my backyard in front of the pen, he's more than likely to dig his way out to get to it. And you can see there in Bradbury's department store, probably a reference to Ray Bradbury, but I couldn't say for sure. Could be a real store. It's funny that Irony is actually from Atlanta where they're shooting and he's wearing a Brooklyn T-shirt. <laughs> I think Russ and I are going to get a chance to meet uh, Irony in a couple weeks at the Dallas Comic Con. Very cool. Sweet. Laurie Holden was supposed to be there, but as of last week, she uh, had a scheduling conflict, and she's not going to be there. Michael Rooker sniping on the roof. Who's another new character, but an awesome one, if racist. He's got some screen presence, you know? Mm-hmm. And for a character who's only in, like, one and a tenth of an episode, he leaves an impression. Yeah, he's like the Boba Fett of The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope he doesn't go out as poorly. Oof. Yeah, I was shocked when he said that. Ouch. Our Twitter friends all simultaneous, simultaneous, simultaneously yelled at the Rooker online people on Twitter to get him on our show, and they actually got us a little contact email. So hopefully we'll be speaking to Michael Rooker sometime in the future. That would be awesome. Yeah, very cool. What was your what was you guys' first introduction to him? I mean, for me it was Mall Rats, but I know he was in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer and a bunch of other stuff over the years. Yeah, Henry for me. I'd seen Mall Rats a long time ago and wasn't one of my favorite movies. I'd heard so much about it and was a little let down. But when I watched, you know, Walking Dead, I certainly recognized him, but I don't know that I would have been able to say where I had seen him before. And he was just in that movie Super with Rain Wilson. I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet, but that's got great buzz. Yeah. Michael Rooker is one of those guys that from Mallrats, he was such an a-hole in the, in the movie that it was almost like a, the Vince Vaughn effect <laughs> where I came to think of him that way in real life, too. And, and from what I understand, he's not. But it was always like in any other character I'd see him in, I'd always see Mr. Svenning. Right. And he's not exactly any more likable in this show, but it's a different type of hateable. Rick giving his Jack from Lost speech. If we don't live together, we're going to die alone. Yeah, this is where we thought he kind of got with the program a little quickly. You know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden he's filled in and he understands more than this character. But that's okay. Now, a lot of people seem to not 
realize right off the bat that he was r- referring to <laughs> the coke that Rooker's currently on in the scene or the the characters on the, in the scene. I didn't actually pick that up until you just pointed it out. Well, because a lot of people were like, why would they allow this crazy dude to come along with them? And Emil was like, well, it was obviously he was on – he was clearly high. And he probably wasn't that way when they went – when they left uh, their camp in the beginning. But – yeah, I, I, I think they could have done either. a better job to make it obvious. Yeah, yeah. When you when you said it, I thought it was like an extrapolation by you. I didn't realize. Uh, I love that, this shot right here. Yeah. Unless he was snorting something else, yeah. Well, see, when Rick pulled that stuff out of his shirt, you really didn't get a, a good look at what he what he had pulled out. Yeah, they needed a close up or something. Yeah. I'm having some big, big, big storms here in Dallas-Fort Worth area, so hopefully my electricity will hold out here. You guys need the rain, right? Desperately. They don't need the rain they get later in this episode. Not at all. (laughs) And what was it that Glenn said later on in the series? He was he was a pizza deliver, pizza delivery man, right? Right. That's how he got to know the streets really well. Right. Okay. Hopefully, he wasn't delivering pizzas through the sewer. Maybe he said that in the comic, and we think. I mean, we know that, and are transposing it to TV. I'm pretty sure there's a scene with um, Norman Reedus in episode four or five where they specifically ask him what he did. I, I just wasn't 100% sure if it was pizza. That sounds familiar. Which right now I can go for a pizza, so. I like when Glenn takes charge here. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. I think we've all been in a not in this particular situation, but uh, you know when you have a routine of doing something and you're fine, and as soon as you involve anybody else, it just gets all jacked up. Did they ever explain why everyone else was involved this particular trip? I don't think they did. I don't remember that. I mean, presumably just more people to carry supplies out of the city into the camp, but. John, the same thing happened in my podcast when we promoted Bill to full time. <laughs> I like the absence of music. You know, the... The soundtrack could have been, I mean, here's a little bit here, but it's not like they're not throwing music at you all the time. It's not in your face when silence is called for. They really let the silence work, and that, you know, is so much more tension building sometimes than music is. Yeah, McCreary really held back with the series. I mean, well, I mean, when it's there, it's great, but like you said, silence really does go a long way. We're going to get our rat eater. And who is this zombie coming up? Didn't, uh, wasn't it a, didn't we know who the actor was? Speaking of, um, in the next episode, the zombie who's eating the deer. Right, okay. And the zombie who bites Amy are both uh, Greg Nicotero, the special effects guy. Special effects legend. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. (laughs) He's the real deal. 
If you're following along on this commentary with the DVD or Blu-ray set, make sure you check out the uh, special features, um, little featurette on the makeup process because it's pretty interesting. Okay, this is where I had one of the biggest problems with this episode is them just sitting there. You know, (laughs) while the zombies try their hardest to get at them, I just think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I could see them being forced to have to be in that room, but they were very casual about it. And this scene with the gun is cool if you're a comic reader. Yep. I really can't say more than that at this point, but uh, maybe down the road in the show. I'm looking forward to to seeing that visually in uh, season two. I really hope they work on that. Just watching an interview with Robert Herkman the other day, and he's still not 100% saying that Rooker will be back for season two. Um, it, it seems like he will, and he's just kind of purposely uh, concealing the fact. But, yeah, they're, they're playing pretty uh, pretty quiet with uh, what's going to be happening with the Rooker character. It is kind of odd that they would have somebody of his uh, stature, I suppose, for lack of a better word, to just be in here for an episode and a half and then... Go away. If I had to guess, it's all money-wise. He probably commands a much larger paycheck than just about anybody else. So. Shoot everything as one episode. They probably shot that other scene right here with this on the same day. Or the, the scene that begins episode number three. And uh, save yourself a couple bucks. Pretty sure he pops up here. I'm just trying to give everybody a heads up so they can get a good look at him and see if we're overreacting or if it was a weak zombie. He looked kind of like Prince Charles. Yeah, didn't it? <laughs> Slightly more lifelike. You know that... That doesn't bother me so much now. Mermaids do rule. This is a good scene the second time around because, you know, you know what happens uh, later on to Amy. Mm -hmm. What episode does that happen to Amy? It's much End of episode four? Yeah, I was going to say five maybe even, but I guess it's four. I I think it's she – either she dies at the end of four, comes back at the beginning of five, or it's – That's what happens. Six. I think it's yeah, four and five, I think. Because they get to the CDC at the end of five. Right. So. I've been playing as Michael Rucker in the... Call of Duty Black Ops new expansion pack in the zombie level. How is that? Uh, I'll get into it much more some other time. Maybe next show I'll kind of go over it quickly. It's cool. The cutscenes are cool. And if you're playing with a partner and that partner is Michael Rucker or Buffy, you know, you can then see them. But when you are a character, it, you're really only getting the voice acting out of it. It doesn't change anything. You know, it's just you're Michael Rucker in your mind, but you're still shooting the same weapons and acting the same and everything. 
Right. I mean, that's kind of what I expected. I guess you, you were hoping for a little bit more. But... I thought if you were machete, maybe you'd swing a machete or Buffy would have a stake or something, you know? Now, all the comic readers knew what was coming, but <laughs> but the people on Twitter and, and that emailed us and stuff that were not readers were like, oh, my God, they would never, you know, could expect anything like this in a million years. Hell, I mean, we knew it was coming from the episode title. We knew well in advance that this was going to be happening. Yeah. I always thought this part was cool uh, as far as a an example of what Rick's character is like, you know, him taking the time to basically eulogize this guy just you know it, it just really speaks to the fact that rick is a, a stand-up guy and he tries you know to do the right thing This is another scene that reminded me of Lost a little bit, just the whole Henry Gale finding the ID or, or uh, I guess, Ben stole the ID. Right. Remember when we used to think Ben was Henry Gale? That was a long time ago. <laughs> For about crazy. two episodes. I miss Lost. Michael Emerson would fit in well on Walking Dead. I'm actually wearing a lost T-shirt right now. Oh my goodness! Could bring him in as uh, well, I was going. I was going to give possible characters you could play, but I guess it would be spoilers. You could bring him in as any number of characters that will come in as the series progresses. That's that pretty. Lost shirt you got on Free Comic Book Day, there, Brad. Say again. Is that the lost shirt you got on Free Comic Book Day? Yes. Cool. It's, it's just a black shirt with the. The green numbers, like you're looking at the little computer console, with uh, six, yeah. six numbers. The Mac 2 or Apple 2. 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, oh. 42, 108. These are pretty hardcore horror scenes for for television. I mean, I know it's cable and it's AMC and stuff, but I expected a lot of cutaways. It was a little more graphic than I expected for them to actually show, which was great. But yeah, I don't know that I could do that. Ugh. Glenn's funny in this episode. His reactions and wanting to throw up and all that. Wonder what that stuff is for real. It's probably really sausage. Mm, sausage. <laughs> Dead puppies and kittens. I could beat his ass. That's just not a safe place to keep your firearm. <laughs> ah, the key. Ugh. Ugh, goodness. The hands and feet just, oh, that's just putting it over the top right there in a good way, but still. Ugh. Would they tie them together with intestines, I guess? <laughs> or string or something, I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully string. You don't remember learning how to tie intestines, knots, and Boy Scouts? Uh, we used cat gut. <laughs> 
we braided a rope bridge years ago in Boy Scouts. That was a waste of time. Yeah, I used to he, work with a guy who looked like that gray-haired guy right there. That's really weird. And it probably was very close because these zombies are more, like we said earlier, they're, it's not heavy special effects. They're just kind of like wandering people. They don't have pilot money on this episode. Right, exactly. Do we get Buster in this one? I don't think we do. No. He was only in the first episode. Makes me sad. I can't wait to see if that action figure is actually in his likeness or if it's just general zombie. It better be in his likeness, dadgummit. Does that woman ever show up again? I was just I was just saying that. I don't remember her at all. I think she might be there in the scene um, when they're all confronting Jim out where he's digging, episode five or so. Because there was a couple people in there. It's like, where where have these people been the whole time? She's obviously one of the ones that gets eaten later. (laughs) She's zombie fodder. Do we know what that twenty two means on his necklace? No, we were talking about it last episode, I think, but I think the best guess we had was uh, maybe his badge number. Possibly if he was in the army, what unit he was in or something. Yeah, that was pretty common, like, with uh, athletes, like, you know, if your number's 22, maybe he was like a college player or hometown high school type thing. How much you want to bet he could throw a football over them mountains? <laughs> this is the worst video ever. Occasionally on my Blu-ray here, um, uh, there. Uh, it, it, it appears that maybe some of the blue screen or green screen shots uh, or something that's been rotoscoped out, for lack of a better word, to put a matte painting in the back is uh, kind of showing up a little more. Hmm, weird. Like around edges of things? or Yeah, like that shot a second ago when it was a wide shot of the camper and Dale was on top, like that, like this one right here. Um, around the edges there, Dale looks kind of matted. Hmm, which is weird because I would almost think that would be a very practical shot that they'd be able to pull off fairly easily. Yeah, I would assume so, but like I said, um, something looked weird with Dale. It's a nice banjo here. Very discordant, dissonant, Yeah, uh, you know, like you would expect from a bunch of zombies. Detuned or atonal or something. That was a better zombie. I like That's that guy with his, with his head cranked to the right. He looks like Frasier. Yeah. That's what I look like in the morning. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. 
the upcoming axe to the head we're going to get here in a few minutes, there's an alternate angle that I guess they took the photo on set or whatever. And uh, that was my wallpaper for weeks and weeks after they put that out. This is such a cool shot. Yeah, we got that shot in the uh, in the Scream magazine as well. Oh, did they? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh-oh. You know, the rain wouldn't wash the smell away that quickly. Or that thoroughly, I imagine. In the comic, it was portrayed as like a, you know, the hardest rain you can imagine. Sheets coming down. I guess that's hard to replicate. It's more expensive, I suppose, to do it that way. It's one of those famous uh, Atlanta acid rains. They sure are talking loud. Bam! What does Glenn have? A crowbar? I missed what he was carrying. Um, I believe you are correct, sir. It's a lot of zombies pressing up on that fence. Yep, there it is. Yep, crowbar. Just like Gordon Freeman. Yes. Zombies can't climb fences. Then you get the arguments. He ran. No, he shambled quickly. <laughs> he kind of fell forward a little bit. You know what? So what if he ran? You know, I, I understand people are afraid of change, but why is it such a big deal? You know, I, I guess there are such things as zombie purists. The views of Brad Milo do not necessarily represent <laughs> the views of Walking Dead TV podcast. But they should. You know, I never paid attention because I don't think I've seen this episode since the finale. But do they ever see or show the Cobb Energy Center, which is the... Uh, What's the stand-in for the CDC in the finale in this episode? I don't think so. It'd be uh, interesting to see if you could see it in the background or something. I don't know much about car alarms, but I thought they usually stopped once you started the car. Maybe not if you uh, hotwire the car. True that. I, I don't know, to be honest with you, but he jacked it with like a screwdriver, so I'm assuming that. Yeah, if you stop, if it stopped when you started the car, wouldn't that kind of defeat the purpose? Not if you're a thief wanting to get away without. You know, yeah, without being caught. I, I don't think the car manufacturers are particularly worried about the thieves' interests when they're installing the car alarms. You guys are talking, it's the key scene. <laughs> I dropped the damn key. 
That was pretty good effect there with that key. Yeah, that was good. Looked real. And I actually remember one thing that stood out to me in the scene that I guess came to be true eventually when he dropped all those tools and they went out of their way to, like, show the hacksaw and stuff. I kind of had a feeling that that's where it was going. I'm sure lots of people did. I'm just remembering it now. Yeah, it was pretty heavy-handed foreshadowing. That was the 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 close-up they needed of the crack file. I remember all the discussions of was he was he chaining the door to keep Nick uh, Merle from getting off the roof or to keep the zombies from getting on. Yeah. People were like yelling at uh, Irony Singleton on Twitter. You dropped it on purpose. I'd be rolling the windows up. Well, I guess the one window. That first zombie that came through was pretty bad. I remember it's expecting it not to be them when they opened this garage bay door. Right. Like they were swerving us, showing us these guys running there, and then these guys opening the door from the other end, but it would be like the wrong door or whatever. I'm glad it wasn't that. I'm not a big fan of farce. One of those zombies right there almost looked like Harry Knowles. Yeah, yeah, I know. Exactly I was going to say about. the same exact thing. Except these days, uh, Harry's confined to a wheelchair most of the time, isn't he? Yeah, I'm sorry to say, I think that's that's the truth. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. I like that scene with Rooker on the on the roof by himself. Was there a zombie in a wheelchair in Zombieland? I think there was, actually. I got to watch that again soon. It's, it's on Netflix Instant. I'm sure it's on John's shelf, too. Yes, it is. The Nut Up or Shut Up edition, which was only available at Best Buy. <laughs> nice. Is that on, like, a steelbook case? No, it's just, uh, it's basically the same, but it came with another, uh, an added disc with footage and stuff. Ah. Nice little ending to this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I love this shot. And the car alarm is in time with the music, which is pretty cool. It's just a nice uh, contrast to that, you know, that shot with all the stuck cars and everything that are on, you know, it's on all the posters and we've seen so much of it. And it's usually Rick coming down, you know, on the horse on the other side. But now we get him zipping along in the uh, in the car. It's pretty cool. I don't think I noticed the car alarm being in time with the, that music when we first watched it. But I think that's very cool. I'm a, a huge audio editor snob type of detail guy, and and I like I like it when people do stuff like that. So I have to say that uh, I think I enjoyed it more. This time around, I remember having some problems with it. You know, I don't think it was the highest rated out of when we used to, you know, rate each show. I think it was probably in the lower end. But I uh, I think we might have given it a bum rap to some degree. 
I'd have to I'd have to, you know, be honest and say I enjoyed it more this time too. Maybe it's just cuz you know, I enjoyed the whole the whole series, you know, the whole season as a whole, so but it uh and Glenn didn't really bother me. You know, I don't I don't know, maybe I was just having a bad night that night or something, so well, we had very high expectations at that point. We were waiting for the series for a long time. That's the, true. The premiere knocked it out of the park. And uh, it definitely had tough, you know, it was a tough act to follow that premiere, I think. And, you know, when you look at the show after the fact, and you get that scene with Andrea regarding, you know, the jewelry for Amy, and and you get the... Uh, the setup of Merle on the roof, and, you know, we haven't even met Daryl yet. It's kind of like a setup for a lot of things to come. It makes more sense now, I think, or it's a, it has more impact now that we've seen the whole season. Yeah, I would I agree. And I, I, think that's, I think that's true with a lot of TV shows nowadays. You know, it seems like the trend over the last several years has been to move away from the one and done type of episode and and have a season have an overall arcing story that leads throughout it you know obviously shows like um walking dead or, or fringe or lost there was there's kind of an arc to the to the story and you know on the flip side with shows like house or csi you know it's kind of like a a puzzle or a mystery they have to solve but even those show you know and it's one episode usually but even those shows have subplots that stretch throughout the whole season. So I think that some shows, like some comics, they view better and read better. Uh, when you do one or two or three ep- issues or episodes at a time. Yeah, I would agree. All right. So that is our commentary for uh, episode two of The Walking Dead, season one, Guts. Jordan, you are much better at the ending, so why don't you tell everybody how to reach us if they don't know how already? Sure, no problem. You can leave us a voicemail at 516-468-7912. You can send us an email, comments at walkingdeadtv.com. Don't forget to check out Half Hour Wasted on Mondays. That's Brad's show. And Legion of Dudes on Thursdays. That's my John and Jim show. Jim had to leave us. But that can both be found at hhwlod.com. Check out Media Minutes, our five minutes or less media review show. You can check out our Facebook groups for Legion of Dudes, Half Hour Wasted, Walking Dead TV, and Media Minutes. And follow us on Twitter at WDTV Podcast, and for our general uh, Twitter feed, at HHWLOD underscore network. So until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, just think about puppies and kittens. Dead puppies and kittens. (laughs) Have a good week, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.